No, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay, we're recording. Okay. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. Sorry for the delay. I know it's been a couple weeks. A few weeks. How long has it been? Don't talk about it. Don't even worry. It's been way too long. We got lives, yo. Uh, yeah, this is... <laughs> Melanie works about 40,000 jobs. And I took I, a vacation. And she took a vacation. I don't work 40,000 jobs. But I do have a 10-year-old stepdaughter who takes up a lot of time and energy. And six dogs. That also takes time and energy as well. But anyway, okay. Welcome back to True Crime Salt and Lime. I'm Clarissa. I'm Melanie. Um, let's get started with some just very brief murder news. Uh... Samuel Little, our last episode, our last episode was officially confirmed as the most prolific serial killer in United States history. So, so there's that. I mean, congrats to him. I guess I don't even know. Congrats to the FBI for, for figuring it out. Finally catching him. Um, I guess they've confirmed 63. I think at this point. But they're pretty confident that all 93 that he's confessed to are real. Are real, which is horrifying. But um, he's in jail forever and ever and ever. Amen. So uh, there's your little tidbit of serial killer news slash follow up from our last episode because we weren't quite so sure at that point. At that point. And the news broke literally that week. <laughs> <laughs> we were just ahead of the time. We were just. A, we're, we're trend setting. Yeah, sorta. we were just a touch murder of, serial killer trend setting. Yeah, we're just a touch ahead of the times. Yep. yep. Um, but anyway, so maybe this will be a good omen for this case. Yes, this is an unsolved case, so maybe we'll bring it some much needed luck, luck to to get it solved, to get it taken care of. Um, this is our first like super unsolved. Yes. Because our first one was. I mean, the motive was kind of unsolved. Yeah. Um, but this is our first, like, unsolved, unsolved, like, still currently to this day under investigation unsolved yeah, story. Yeah, open case. Um, so it's going to be a little bit choppy-ish. There's just not a lot of information because it is an active investigation still. An active, I put that in quotes. I te think technically it's a cold case, but... It hasn't been solved, so it's not closed, so we're not privy to a lot of the information we would have normally for a case. Um, so bear with us as we struggle through this. Um, this is a suggestion by one of our listeners, Heather, so thank you, Heather. Thank you, Heather. Woo -woo. And it turns out you're someone we don't know, so there's at least one person <laughs> listening to our podcast that we don't know. So we're really sorry that it took us this long to get to you, um, since... You're, like, the only one that we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but we're really happy that you sent us a suggestion. Um, so this is the case of Miss Janice Wessinger, um, who is from Aiken, South... Aiken, I think? Aiken? Yeah. Aiken. Uh, South Carolina. Um, she... I don't have a ton of information on her, like, backstory, so we're just going to jump into, like, where she was at the time of her unfortunate death. Um, she lived in the countryside of Aiken County, um, she, it was a super, super, super small rural, rural place that she lived. That word's so weird to say. Rural, 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 rural. There was like 
like a handful, like a smattering of houses where she lived. Um, and the closest business was in town, a good like 10 to 15 minute drive away. So, I mean, she was, it's safe to say she was lived in the middle of nowhere. Um, and if not in the middle, she lived close to there. Yeah. Close, close to, to the middle of nowhere. A middle adjacent. <laughs> um, she lived with her daughter, Tamara, who was 20 years old. Um, she was a tr- uh, the head triage nurse at Aiken Regional Medical Center. So, I mean, she was no slouch by any means. Yes. She and was- obviously, like, well-known in the community if you're working in a hospital. Yeah. Being the head triage nurse, like... You've been around, you know people, like you're just involved in the community. Yeah, and she's a smart cookie, obviously, if she's a triage nurse, because that shit's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, she was previously divorced, she had remarried, but was widowed in 1995. Unfortunately, her husband Terry did pass away. Um, she did play piano at her local Baptist church and was a very super active member of her congregation. Everybody at the church knew her. This is not uncommon for this. Town yeah, it sounds like this area was very, was very religious. Yeah. And it was a little bit one of those towns that, like, one of the first questions people ask you is, what church do you go to, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And depending on your answer was, like, depend depending on what your answer was determined if you were going to be friends with these people. Or right, not, exactly. Kind of like, did you go to this Baptist church or are you, like, one of them Catholics? Right, exactly. Like, you don't go to church? What? <laughs> you sinner. Yeah. You know? uh, it's. I don't think anybody who didn't go to church lived in this place. Yeah. I think everybody was a member of some sort of congregation. Yes. But these are the towns that, like, there's always something shady going on. Because they're small enough to where there's nothing for anybody to do. People and kids especially, like, get involved in drugs. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just one of those towns where people get bored. They make trouble for themselves. And you put on a front because you go to church every Sunday... But behind closed doors, what are you doing? We met at church. Fun fact, Melanie and I met at a church. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Neither of us go to that church anymore. <laughs> I don't even go to church. I, me neither. I go sometimes. It, it, like, like when it's convenient. Yeah. Ooh, sorry, God. <laughs> we talk. Sometimes the big man and I, we talk. You know? Uh, right? Okay. Um, circling back. Circling back. Um, Janice was, unfortunately, found severely beaten, raped, and stabbed to death in the woods near her home on the morning of Sunday, November 23rd, in 1997. She was found with curlers still in her hair, and her glasses were found on the, I was going to say on the floor, but on the ground next to her. So, I mean, obviously, this shook the community. Like, something happening in a small town like this, anything, but something as drastic as this would really, like, I mean, everybody was talking. Shock the place, yeah. Everybody's talking. But that's, again, small town. Everybody talks. Nobody talks about what they, I mean, you talk about things that you don't necessarily know about. Yeah. Um... So, I, since I, we don't really have a ton of information, most of what I have is actually the timeline that Tamara has from her experience with her mother the day prior, the day of, and the day after um, the murder. So, Tamara obviously was 20, so young and full of life or whatever they say. <laughs> was she? I don't know. I don't think I found anything that said she was full of life. Um, but. Well, I would hope so. Um, on Friday... 
She rem on Friday, November 21st, she remembers going to the movies with her boyfriend, Cliff. And on Friday night after the movie, she called her mom to let her know that she was on the way home and her mother told her to be careful because it was, gonna, it was raining and the weather was getting bad. You know, typical conversation with a parent when you're on your way home. And they said their I love you's hung up the phone and all was well. Um, Saturday morning, Tamara remembers her alarm clock going off and Janice telling, one, telling Tamara to turn the alarm clock off two to get up three that she was going to go for a walk before she had to leave she was had the day off from being a nurse but was going to go to the hospital hospital anyway to visit someone um so she was just gonna go for a walk that morning it was according to Tamara, it was not uncommon at all for her to go for a walk in the morning even in what we would consider the winter months so um Obviously, it didn't strike Tamara as strange, her mom going for a walk early in the morning. <clears throat> so, Tamara eventually got up, got ready, and went to work. Um, when Tamara got home from work, it was around midnight, and she immediately knew something was wrong because all of the blinds were up and all of the lights in the house were on. Um, her mother would always close the blinds at night and obviously turn off the lights because you're going to bed. Why light? Right. Lights in the eye. Um, nobody so, need to be looking in your windows. Right. So I assume at this point she would have realized that Janice's car was also still there. But it doesn't say anywhere that that was one of the things that she noticed. I would assume you noticed that, but that's all speculation. <clears throat> um, so Tamara obviously walked into the house and immediately called out for her mother with no response. And then she noticed that Janice's purse and her contacts were still exactly where she had left them. So Tamara immediately called the sheriff's office who told her to keep looking for her mom and let call back and let them know if she doesn't find them. Which Which is annoying because you hear this all the time in like murder podcasts that the police are like, sorry, forty eight hours, like you gotta you gotta wait, you know, there's no proof that they're missing, which again, nineteen ninety seven, it's twenty two years ago. That's kinda how the world was looked at, especially in a small town, because what was going to happen? 1997 was 22 years yes, ago. Yes, it was. It Holy was shit. 22 <laughs> years ago. Yes, in fact. Um, so, I mean, it's like, while it super duper sucks that that's what the police said, because maybe they could have stopped whatever happened, or it's also not super uncommon. Again, not like justifying it. But she's not the only person that, that was, was ever... victim to this. Yeah. But still super shitty. Like... Do your job! Here's the Do thing. Do your job! It's midnight. She obviously knows something is wrong because purse, keys, contacts, everything is still at the house. Nothing looks disturbed, but her mother is nowhere to be found. I would think that that would be enough for... Yeah, enough of a red flag. A cop to show up and at least take a look around ask some questions, not just be like, call me back if you can't find her in an hour. Right. <laughs> um, so Tamara called her boyfriend Cliff, and she and Cliff drove around and still couldn't find Janice, eventually called the sheriff's office back to say, you know, we kept looking, still didn't find her, um, and a deputy showed up around 2 a.m. to fill out a report with them. And I mean, truthfully, for it to only be two hours longer and then they actually came and took a report is not all that bad because it's 24 to 72 hours in most places before police will 
file a missing persons report. So for her to call around midnight and then call her call again, call her in, call again at 2 a.m. Yeah. Like they actually like did a they could have turned her down again, which we've also heard of happening. Oh, for sure. Where you call multiple times and they're like, sorry, still hasn't been 24 or, hours. Or, you know, the whole, well, she's an adult. She can just choose to up and leave. Right. Right? Right. She's widowed. Right. You know, why Maybe she, she was stay? just done with her life. Yeah. That we hear too. But yeah. I digress. Um, so I at the while they were filling out the report, Tamara did request a bloodhound team, but the request was denied by the deputy supervisor. Probably because they didn't still weren't taking it as seriously as maybe they should have. Well, and is that something you can <coughs> request, or is that something that like the police choose to do? Well, I would assume you can request it. I mean, not necessarily. I would assume you could request one. But I, I feel like if I feel you like wanted they to... I feel like they wouldn't approve a request like that unless there was, one, like, an obvious sign of some sort of a struggle, like she was kidnapped or whatever, or, two, if the appropriate amount of time had passed. Right. Like, if it was 48 hours later and she had requested a bloodhound team, I bet you they might have done it. Yeah. Maybe. But because it was two hours, they yeah, were like... or if you're willing to pay for your own, I guess. Right. They were like, no, little girl, just... You just calm it, calm yourself. Um, so the deputy left, and Tamara was not convinced that this was sufficient. So she called her pastor because, like we said before, super tight knit religious community. If you pray about it, she'll show up. Yeah, just submit those right to God. Yeah. Um, so she called her pastor and her request pending. <laughs> her father, like not her like spiritual father, like her actual father. Um, and both of them came over to help search. <laughs> when I first... So her father was Janice's first husband yes. where they got divorced. Yes. Okay. Um, obviously not the father who But obviously died. they were in some sort of... I feel like for him to have showed up, if they were divorced, either he and Tamara had a good enough... Or he and Janice had a good enough relationship that he decided to come back and help search. Or... Tamara was literally so freaked out that he was like, I have to get over there because something's yeah. clearly wrong. Which would be interesting to know because she and the her ex had other children together. I believe so, right? yes. So they either had to communicate to some extent or the family was very much divided and like Tamara wanted to be with Janice and the other kids wanted to be with their dad. Like it had to be, there was something going on. But Or Tamara was the youngest. I mean, yeah. Some of them might have just been not. Yeah, that's true. Um, But... So they all came over. The pastor um, brought over a couple of deacons from the church to help search. They were searching around the property. Because they lived out in the middle of nowhere, it's surrounded by, like... A wooded area. Yeah. I was going to say a forest, but it's not necessarily a forest. It's just trees. Heavy and, trees. Yeah. Um, so around daybreak... Lots of foliage. Yes. Lots of that green stuff. Yep. Maybe not so green. Man, it's South Carolina. It was like fallish. Maybe it's red or orange or pretty browns or something. Yeah. Um, but around daybreak, Janice's body was found by two deacons of the church. Um, severely beaten, stabbed, raped, curlers still in her hair, and her glasses were found on the ground. So that's your timeline. Alright. So because it's still unsolved, all we really have at this point are some 
conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories about what happened. Um, so the first thing to note that is just a little bit weird is suspicious. She had suspicious. A, yes. She and Tamara had a spare key to their house. It doesn't say anywhere where they normally kept it, but they do note that it was missing for like several months prior to Janice's murder. Um, it was Mrs. Missing. It was missing before her murder. Before her murder. But okay. After the funeral, it was found in a flower pot on the porch, which you would think would not be an unusual spot. However, it was not a spot that Tamara said that either of them would normally keep a spare key. So, that's a little weird. Yes. All right. The other weird thing is a woman named Terry, we'll call her Terry the nurse, posted on a... Er, commented on a Facebook post that she, well first she claims to have worked with Janice so she would have been a nurse at a triage nurse at the same hospital yeah. um, and commented on a Facebook post saying quote, oh please, we all know exactly who killed her, they could just never gather enough proof she continues I was working with her at the hospital by the time they found her body and returned to her home to notify her daughter the entire house had been bleached inside and out how convenient end quote now this doesn't necessarily jive with Tamra's timeline of events Tamra was supposedly part of the search party looking for her mom which means that how did the house get bleached how did the house get bleached one two the police didn't notify her of what happened to her mother. The deacons of the church did. True. The deacons of the church are who found her. However, somebody else commented on it and said something about the bleaching of the house was not like public record or public knowledge. This post has since been taken down. Also suspicious. Mm-hmm. But somebody saying that the pub, the bleach was not public knowledge, but not outright saying that it didn't actually happen, to me almost like helps to confirm this Terry woman story. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's also a little fishy. Another thing, this is kind of a long shot, but could have possibly been the culprit is the long haul territory killer um john wayne boyer he was a serial killer in the area he was arrested in 2006 2007 for causing the unintentional death of a hotel maid in north carolina um and when being interviewed aggressively said to the police what bitch are you here about so the police investigators know that he's responsible for more deaths and since he there's was more than one bitch right yeah there's awesome. multiple bitches yeah um, bitch um he was also accused by his own lawyer of being a serial killer for a lot of women in north and south carolina um so some people are connecting dots to this this serial particular killer. serial killer so i mean it could be one of many many things um she could have been the unfortunate victim of a serial killer. Wrong place, wrong time. She happened to have the day off. I mean, it's unfortunate, but yeah. it happens. I mean, you think about serial killers like Israel Keys. He never knew his victims. He just chose people at random to kill. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, nothing personal. This 
killer also targeted women who were of smaller stature, which Janice was. Um, so she and fit his profile. She fit his profile and was like strangling or sta- and or stabbing them. So that also fits. So did he rape them? It doesn't say, but most of them were prostitutes. Mm-hmm. So, so not necessarily rape, rape but, but he did have sex with them. Interesting. But he is in prison, so you would think if he's in prison and they want to connect him, they have to have some sort of semen sample from yes. from Janice. I yes. would assume they took one. Why would they not if they knew she was raped? Right. Um, and that ha- they have not been officially connected. Let's just say. Um, the spare key thing leads to some people believing it was a stalker, but before we started recording, Melanie was pointing out the fact that if it was a stalker, you'd think that he'd put the spare key back where he, where found, he found it. it. Because he'd know exactly where it was, and in order to lead people off of the trail, he'd just put it right back where he found it. Where he found it. Um... So that also kind of points to some like random spree horribleness, yeah. right? Like it could have been, I, for all we know, it could have been some deranged psycho ex-patient that got mm-hmm. pissed because, I don't know, she turned him down or something. Again, and, and again, this is an area that like we found some descriptions of the area saying that like drug abuse is not uncommon. So it could have just been someone like out of their damn mind. Right. You know, like, they saw the curlers in her hair and thought she was a werewolf or something. And, <laughs> and like, just, they were like, I'm going to go in the house and, and kill the werewolf, you know? And right. Who knows? But then the other weird thing is, like, why were all the windows and why were all the windows open or curtains open and the lights on? Like. So what happened, you had to. Th- you know what I don't wonder? I wonder if she was getting ready and she, like, felt a little weird. Like, you know how sometimes you just get, like, a weird vibe? Right, like, you feel like someone's watching you. Yeah, so I wonder if she did turn on all the lights and, like, opened the windows to try to, like... See if anybody was out there? See if anybody was out there, or if anyone was in her home, like, all the lights were on, you'd see a shadow, like, maybe she felt safer because the lights were on. Like, I know if I watch a scary movie, I turn all the lights on, I don't need anybody hiding in my house, you know? Like, so, do you think that maybe she even had this, like gut feeling feeling that there was something weird because then if she's it it looks like she ran into the woods behind her house i don't know why i don't quite get like the layout of where everybody lived like was she really that far away from another house that you could run to your neighbor's house they said yes okay from what i was reading but then also like why not run on the road why run through the woods right unless her body was moved there or she was carried there but like, what if there was someone that got into her home and was hiding in the closet, you know? So she went around and like turned on all the lights and like opened the windows so that way she could see if something weird was happening. And then like this guy came or girl or whoever came out of nowhere and scared her so she ran, but the door wasn't open. So unless there was person, no sign of any sort of forced entry, but if you think about it, because there was also no sign of struggle inside of the house, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously nothing happened inside of the house, but her running into the wooded area is very possible. 
right. and her seeing somebody and running because the fact that her the curlers in her hair and her glasses were still on her contacts weren't in is like a red flag for a lot of people they say that she would never leave the house without like being, being put together pu- fully put together which is typical yeah. i mean of a southern woman i mm-hmm. feel like she's a bail right exactly so you don't leave the house looking like a ratchet right so that's oh, why she even died in a way she wouldn't want to be presented right so you'd think so she was i think she was out, she went out for her walk or whatever i think somebody spotted her out for her walk alone she went back to her house her daughter had already left for work, right? So she was alone. And what alone. time did the daughter leave for work? Her, she said that she doesn't remember. She said she knows she worked late. But if she Bitch, went... how do you not know when you were? I don't know. But if, they say that she didn't get home until around midnight, so if you assume she worked a later shift... True. I mean, she, okay. she probably went in around 10, 11, 12, 1, maybe. What did she do for work? Do we know what she did for I don't work? know. Mm, because say. if she got home around midnight, if it's an eight-hour shift, she probably left at 2, right? Or earlier to go no. hang out with her boyfriend before. She would have gone to work at four. Yeah, four to five, five to six, six to seven, seven to eight, eight to nine. Eight to but eight. they put her time of death as the morning of Saturday, November twenty second. So she was she died in the morning on the twenty second and so was found in the morning on the twenty third. So essentially, she died while her daughter was looking for her. No. Before she... Before she even got home. But she got home around midnight on... The 22nd to the 23rd. Oh, I get it. I get it. I got my dates wrong. Yeah. I was thinking she got home around midnight on Friday and was looking for her... No, she Saturday got home around morning. midnight on Saturday. And they're saying they're putting her time of death Saturday morning. So, something happened to Janice. Something horrible happened to Janice. In between, when Tamara woke up, I would assume that Janice had taken her walk already and was back at the house getting ready to leave for the rest of her day, right? Mm -hmm. So something happened in that time span. Tamara says that she cannot remember when she went to work, which puts like a big... How, again, how do you not know when you go to like you are scheduled? Big question mark. In yeah, you're timeline. scheduled for a time. Work is not just like show up when you feel well, like. And here's the other thing. <laughs> to me, I'm like, if your mom was murdered, you'd think that you knew exactly when you left that day. You'd have been like, yeah, would, yeah. My shift started at one, and I left my house at twelve thirteen. Yeah, I would think. But so then, moving forward, there's another conspiracy theory about a police cover up. Yep, a lot of people think the police so, covered it up. Yeah. Which, that's interesting, especially, again, not uncommon, but the police, like, didn't want to take a report at first, then came and took a report, but then just left. Well, like, and that's what the funny thing, too, is when you're reading that stat about it taking them, like, 24 to 48 hours to even write up a report, and they wrote it up in two hours. Mm-hmm. After initially denying her anything. Yeah. So that, to me, is fishy. And you think about if the house was bleached inside and out, if Tamara was part of the search party and was out searching, if they did happen to call the police and the police were there, they easily could have done something inside of the house. Yeah. Testing for evidence or Well, and then whatnot. there's a theory that it was Tamara 
like masterminded it but had somebody else execute it yeah because her mom was raped so i mean she didn't do that no um so that's also kind of an interesting theory and then again like you just kind of have to wonder like these small towns with very christian kind of like what did we read that a lot of a lot of issues are handled, quote unquote, within the family. Yeah, mm-hmm. which could be the congregational family. Yes. So, I wonder, was there? I know the deacons were out looking for her, so it makes sense that they'd be the ones to find her. But did they know something? Right, because you think between, so at two a.m., the police took the whatever at two a.m. Right. Then Tamara calls the everybody to over. Yeah. Right? They live, let's just even say 10 minutes outside mm-hmm. of town. Right? So it takes everybody half an hour to get up, moving, and come over. Right. Because this is at, what, 2 in the morning? Yeah. So at that point, you're looking at 2.30, mm-hmm. 2.45. Let's just say 2.30. Let's just, everybody and, got there quick. And Janice is found at daybreak. That's 5. Yeah. Well, no, it's November, so it's like six or seven. That's still not a huge amount of time to be out searching for somebody to find her that fast. No. So I wonder how far away she was from their house. They said she was close. I mean, she's behind her house. So I don't know. There's just a lot. There's a lot of unknowns. And there's a lot that... The police aren't, like, they're not giving away all of the information, which makes sense in a cold case because you're trying to get more yeah, information. Yeah, you're still trying to close it. Um, but, yeah, but that's Janice. Janice. Wessinger. Mm-hmm. So, if you do know anything, please. We'd love to hear your theories, conspiracies, your thoughts on it. If you're, if you know something that you think actually might be related to this case, please call the police and let them know. I mean, this is still a cold case. She still does have family. They still do want closure. I mean, this is not just a fun thing to listen to. Yeah, it was only 20 years ago, which seems like a long time, but there's still people that go to bed every night wondering what happened to her. Mm -hmm. I mean, for them, it feels like yesterday. Yeah. It's still a really fresh wound. Um, So call your local crime stoppers. I don't even (laughs) know, like, if you want to rename Beat remain Ooh, I was, how was, you doing it's really rough um <laughs> if you want to remain anonymous you can call crime stoppers um i think some police offices actually have a text line that rem- keeps you anonymous as well i don't know what the number would be for south carolina um but you can look that up as well but you know keep her in your thoughts and prayers and you know let's Let's get this solved. Yeah, let's help out the Wessingers. I mean, they're doing amazing shit with DNA now, so. Yeah, that would be super interesting to know, like if they did have semen, like if there's any connection to it. And I do just wonder, like with that Terry woman saying, like we all know who did it. Right. Like what, who do you know? Who do you know that did it? they couldn't get it. That's such a small town thing for everybody to really know what happened. But for nobody to say anything or because come it's forward all or... handled within the family, like the Tara Grinstead case. Yep. Everybody knew who did it. Everybody in town, 
The police probably even knew, but they could never pin it on anybody. And so, like, it's so crazy to think that there's a town functioning where all these people know how this poor woman was murdered. And, and who yet, did it. Yeah. And, and yet, no one's going to come no forward. No one can come forward and close the case. So, crazy times. Crazy times we live in. Yeah. So this was a super interesting one. Thank you, Heather, again. Um, yeah, please feel free to send us more. We love to get suggestions because I don't know that we would have found this case on our own. Absolutely and it's not. super interesting. Like, I'm all about the conspiracy theories. <laughs> I think I'm 100% onto something when someone was hiding in her home and she turned on the light. Like, I feel really, really positive in thinking that that's probably what happened. Detective Melanie over here has solved the case. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> how, how they got to her. Like, uh, <laughs> Show me a list of your suspects. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you you know, this is it. This is it. So yes, please send us more. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Spotify, Blueberry. Yep, we're still on that. Still on Blueberry. Um, our email is truecrimesaltlimepod at gmail.com. Yep, we have an Instagram. True Crime Saltline Pod, I believe. I think we promised last time that we would post more on there. And, and I we, failed. We did not follow through with that promise. So um, we also didn't put a timeline on that, so you can't be too mad. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we'll succeed eventually, maybe. <laughs> but that's all we got. Hopefully now that I'm back from vacation and... Our lives have kind of settled down since it's becoming winter months. Yeah, we can get some more episodes recorded for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we will report back soon. Yes, so send us your suggestions and your love and your comments as long as they're positive on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, just happy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.